Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. Something I want to touch on now, which is the roles of men and women. Something in our churches today that is not being taught properly or not being executed, because men, I'll be honest, are pathetic, and they are weak, and I pray the Lord that he's not made me the same. I've always been a man's man all my life, even from the day I was born. I knew I was different, and I knew that I was going to do something great with what God has given me and my stature and my size. And I'm not boasting on myself, I'm boasting on Christ. And that's what Paul said, I don't boast on what I, I do, but I boast on Christ and what he has done in me. So there are roles for men and there are roles for women. And the leadership roles in the churches are that women are not to teach the men or preach to the men. People say women can evangelize. I struggle with this because evangelism is a form of preaching and it's not witnessing. Now, women can witness, absolutely. But in Greek, the word witness means martyr. So all of us are called to be martyrs for Christ. So just remember that. You go up against a Muslim guy in the street or you're abroad and there's a Muslim that comes up to you, Christian. Remember what Jesus said, if you deny me, I'll deny you in front of the Father. So you are to say, yes, I am a Christian. And then you are to basically witness. And if you're, you're going to get your head cut off, you're going to get your head cut off. That's the end of it. But if you don't do these things and you deny Christ, you'll go to hell. Simple as that. So I struggle with the fact that women can be called evangelists because nowhere in the Bible does it say a woman can be an evangelist. Nowhere in the Bible does it say a woman can be a teacher or a preacher. But people take this stuff out of context and I just don't agree with it. And the spirit doesn't agree with it either. Because the Bible from Genesis 2 all the way through the Revelation clearly states that women are the followers of men. They are to follow, they are to support, they are to care. They can worship. God can even use them as prophets, but don't take things out of Scripture. Now, some people go to the book um, of Judges and use a woman called Deborah, that she was put in charge of the armies of Israel. Yes, look at the context of what it's talking about right that she was put in charge to embarrass the nation to embarrass the men because the leader himself i can't remember his name masana messiah or something like that it begins with him he was a weakling of a man he was pathetic and basically you know he asked her to come along and fight in a battle with him i mean come on i mean just think about that what a loser you know this guy was supposed to be a man of god i mean come on it's pathetic. And do you know what? In our modern churches today, there are men like that everywhere. And I understand why women are standing up. Because, you know, that was never God's plan from the beginning. So someone said to me, Steve, what if you walked into a church and there's a powerful church and a woman, the pastor's a woman, and she's got a powerful church, she's brought people to Christ. Great. So I say to her, great. Okay, so what happened? Why did you get in this position? She'll probably say, do you know what, we had a pastor who was a male, he was pathetic, he was weak, he wasn't teaching anyone anything, and there's lots of them because I've met them. And I just had the ambition, that I just had the the, sort of like the push from the Spirit to stand up and take charge. And I think, well, you've got to be careful there because show me in Scripture where it says that you have been ordained to do that. And no woman can back up anything. But the devil can. And the devil can convince you that it is from God and it can sound very convincing so when you get something in the spirit you've got to confirm it with scripture because that's how I base my ministry as an evangelist <coughs> everything I say and do has got to be back with scripture so when I say things to people when I do things it's prompted by the spirit and I've got to say it and it's got to be in line with scripture and I'm deeply in line with scripture because I love the Lord and I know what consequences are waiting for me if I'm not. 
So I'll say to that woman, look, this is what you said you've heard. So back it was scripture, so you can't. Okay, so you brought these people to Christ. Fantastic. Now, I think it's time you allow a man to step up and you step down because that's biblical. 1 Timothy 2 verse 12, you know, Titus 5, Corinthians, um, other books talk about in the New Testament, um, which I can get for you, no problem. But when you look at actually, I'll do it now because I know people are thinking, well, show us then, show us. And I said, okay, I'll show you. Hang on, bear with me two, oh, 30 seconds. So there's a, a web page here, and it's uh, bible.org series page forward slash New Testament Church. Okay, don't worry about that. Forget that. That's not important. So it says here, number, the, the New Testament Church role for or the roles of women. 1 Corinthians 11, 3 to 10. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 to 35. 1 Timothy 5, 10. Titus 2, 3 to 5, 1 Timothy 2, 9 to 15, Romans 6, 16, 1 to 6, and Luke 8, 1 to 3. Those are just a few of what the Bible talks about. And the Bible makes it very clear that women are not to teach men. They are not to preach to men. So when people say to me, well, women can be evangelists, show me in scripture where it says that. Because I've had women say to me, well, remember Jesus at the at the um, the well, and he preached to that woman, right? When that, he didn't preach to her, actually, he listened to her. And then he, don't, he went and told her to go and tell everybody in the village what had happened. Go and tell them. Tell them what's happened. Did he say preach? No. Did he say evangelize? No. Did he say witness? Yeah. So women can witness to other people, and so can men. But women can't preach and teach. And this is what you've got to understand. In the book of 1 Peter, um, Peter says, woman is the weaker vessel. So tell me this, how can the weaker vessel tell the stronger vessel what to do? It doesn't make any sense. Because our modern contemporary churches, they, they convince you that, that we're all equal in the flesh we are, and woman has the same roles as man. No, because in Genesis 2, right, look at Genesis 2, when man was made in the image of God. So man was made first out of the ground, right? And he walked with the father. Now, there's no dates of how long he did that, but just look at what's going on here. So he's walking with the father, right? He's getting to know the, the earth that he's on. He's getting to know who he is. He's getting to know who the father is, right? And then father tells him to name all the animals. Now you're talking about millions of animals on this planet, right and he named them there's no mention of a woman yet woman comes later you're talking maybe years I'm t she wasn't made within 10 15 minutes she was made years later maybe 10 years later right just look at what scripture is saying in other words at the time she wasn't important right but then god realized i can't be here all the time and it's not good for man to be on his own Right, well, I am here all the time, but it's not good for man to be on his own, on his own in the flesh. So I'm going to make a counterpart. And he put Adam to sleep. He took one of the ribs out and made woman. Now the rib is very important, and it's very spiritual reason why he did that. 
because a rib represents not only being part of the man but protection for the man's heart and that's what woman is she protects the man's heart she loves him she cares for him she protects the heart emotionally and she supports him from the rear she doesn't take charge she doesn't lead this is the bottom line. This is what scripture says. Read it. From Genesis 2, you'll find that the whole Old Testament is focused on men. When you get to the book of Leviticus, there's no mention of women in there, right? It's completely Aaron and his sons, Aaron and his sons, Aaron and his sons. When do you hear Aaron and his sons and daughters? No. The Old Testament was completely focused on men. The New Testament is focused on men still, and women are included, right? So look at Jesus' inner circle, the 12, were all men. The 70 that were sent out were all men, right? There's no mention of women at all. If women were that special and that important in the ministry, in evangelism, preaching and teaching, why didn't Jesus have at least one woman in the inner circle and at least three or four mentioned in the 70 that went out, right? There's no mention of that. It's clear, men rule the roost. And for you women, you just need to accept that, right? That we men love you and we care about you, right? But as men, we have to be leaders. I know there's a lot of that lacking today. Men don't lead, they do too much talking. They're either sitting in the church on their backside, right, drinking cups of tea, being all posh, la di da di da right? But actual fact, they can't get up and do their job. And I've met many of them. I've actually sat in the church and gone, what is he doing at the front of this church? You know, because God wants men to be men, men to be masculine. You know, the terminology on earth will be alpha males, right? We are the men. And trust me, I'm part of that. I was part of that in the forces. I was part of that whole of my life. I'm a man's man, and that's the end of it. You know, and I love all people, but when I need to step up, I'll step up and I will take charge. And I'll make it very clear, you know, that Jesus is not only Lord and Savior, but Jesus expects us to do certain things in the New Testament. Through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, Jesus has 234 more do's and don'ts. These are commands in a sense. Jesus has his two main commandments in Matthew 8. Talks about you love me with all your heart, soul, and might, and love your neighbor as yourself, which these hold all the te ten laws and the prophets together. So if you love God, you're going to follow him and do what he asks. For you women, you're going to do what God has set you out to do in love, care, and support. And if you can't handle that, and you feel that, no, I can take charge, well, that's an evil spirit straight away because that's not the spirit of God because Luke 9 23 says deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me so you women you deny what you think you crucify your flesh what you want and you follow Jesus and what he wants of you that's as simple as that right and the same applies to men you deny yourself you pick up your cross and you follow Jesus you humble yourself before God because God says in the New Testament that those who exalt themselves I will humble but those who humble themselves I will exalt right and that's what God wants look at Moses humble man Look at Ezekiel, Elijah. Look at Paul the Apostle. Humble men. I mean, Paul was a man's man. This guy was the man of men, right? He was a top up-and-coming Pharisee, a warrior that used to hunt and persecute Christians, right? Jesus stops him, turns him around completely, studies for three years in Arabia. He comes back. He's one of the main people in the New Testament. And he emphasizes what men are expected to do and women. And then on the other side of that, 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about the love of God, that without love... Right? We are nothing. We're not even worth doing this faith. We're not even, what's the point in following Jesus if you don't have love? But don't twist that. This is what people do. They look at this love like kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy. Jesus is running around kissing everyone. No. The love that he's talking about is a love that someone denies himself. Someone who's prepared to die for his brother or sister. Someone who's willing to give all for the faith. That is real love, not this kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy, tap on the back, well done, like the Americans do, all this big, woo, 
like a bunch of idiots, something wrong with you in the crowd. You know, you know, and then they start tapping your ass and tapping your shoulder. That's not love. That, in my opinion, is falseness. You know, it's like when I used to play basketball on a national level, right? The Americans would tap your ass and, hey, man, what's up, man? Yeah, man. Woo-hoo, you know, and to me, it was like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You know, maybe that's because I'm an Englishman. You know, when I was on the court, I played to win, you know, and I was at a different ball game then. But as a Christian, I can't play basketball anymore. And the Lord showed me why. Because when I was on the court about a year ago with a bunch of lads who are a fairy in the world, you know, the devil was trying to wind me up with one of them on the court and he successfully won. I ended up having a bit of confrontation with him on the court, you know, and the Lord says, Steve, this is why you can't play basketball anymore because you're a child of my kingdom. You can't play, a child of my kingdom can't play in the, in the kingdom of Satan. If everyone was Christian on the court, it would probably be a lot different, but they weren't. Everyone else was locked in Satan's kingdom, so they're not children of God. Let's make this clear now. Those in the world that are are not with Jesus are children of Satan right they don't know it a lot of them they're children of Satan why because Satan took over Adam right those who come over to Jesus now adopt his sons and children sons and daughters of God through Jesus right you only become a child of God when you come to Jesus Jesus said I am the way the truth the life and no one comes to the father except through me no one comes to me unless the father leads them this is what Jesus says in the book of John right so you've got to look at scripture in context. Something the Catholics love to take out of context, right? They don't listen. Like I met one woman the other week, and I was in this, in this little shop. She's a lovely little woman, and she's a Christian, right? But she says, I'm a Catholic. And she said it in a sense like, I'm going to say this, and you'll probably walk out. I'm a Catholic. I went, so? You can be a Christian and be in a Catholic church, no problem. But you don't answer to the Pope, you answer to Jesus. So later on, we got into the conversation about Mary. And obviously, the Catholics believe Mary is the mother of God, that she's divine, that she's perfect, and so on. I end up pulling this to pieces. And scripture came to me later on with Luke 1, verses 45 to 46, where Mary herself said, I need a saviour. So if she's the mother of God, and divine and perfect and holy like God is, then why would she say, I need a saviour? You need to look, even, even when I mentioned to her, how did Jesus talk to his own mother at the banquet, right? He said, woman, I'm telling you. Why is he talking to her in that tone? She would got all defensive. She was like, so what? What does that mean? Right? It means a lot. It means that God has put himself above everyone, that Mary is not on the same level as God. Mary is the same level as everybody else on this earth. She was prophesied down the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She comes down that bloodline with Jesus, that God became a baby in the likeness, likeness of sinful flesh. Even though he was perfect and holy, he walked in sinful flesh. The flesh was sinful. No, he wasn't sinful. Let's get this straight. He wasn't sinful. He was perfect. But he walked in the likeness of sinful flesh, right? Because if he hadn't, then he couldn't do his job on the cross. You've got to look at scripture in context. And that's what I find with a lot of uneducated people, a lot of people that think they know their Bible. Hang on, it's one thing I say to them. I say, listen, I get divine knowledge from God. God shows me spiritually. A lot of you are not spiritual. So therefore, if you're not spiritual, how can you understand anything in the spirit? So Catholics, Calvinists, I don't care what you call yourself. If you don't accept the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, how are you going to know when the deceptions come? How are you going to know when the Antichrist comes and tells you to wear a chip on your wrist or on your forehead? And the mark of the beast. What Jesus said about that in Revelations 14 verse 9. He who receives the mark of the beast or worships his image will be tormented in front of the holy angels and of the lamb. Now that's funny. People say, well, Jesus wouldn't do that because he's a lovey-dovey kissy God that runs around. Gives a kiss, gives a kiss. Runs around. Really? 
I don't know what Bible you've been reading. I really don't know what Bible you've been reading. You lived in cuckoo land. If you think for one second that you can do what you want and you're going to go to heaven, that's what Calvinists believe. That's what once saved, always saved says. Show me in Scripture where it says that. When the Scripture continuously in the New Testament warns you that you can lose your salvation. Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10 warns you of what happens. In the book of Peter, Peter says those who turn away from the truth and the faith are like dogs returning to their own vomit. So it sounds like you've got a free will there. It sounds like you can turn away if you want. Then the Calvinists will say, no, if God picks you, he's your, you're his, and you can't ever lose your salvation. Well, actually, when they talk about John 10, they're referring to John 10. You know, uh, don't take scripture out of context like the Catholics do, right? No one can take you out of the hands of God. You're right, no one can take you out. But it doesn't mean you can't walk away, and it doesn't mean God can't spit you out. Because John 15 comes in, right? And John 15 makes it very clear. <clears throat> and God says those who bear my, those who are mine will be added to the vine will be grafted into the grapevine those who bear much fruit the father will prune but those who do not bear any fruit of me and do not walk with me the father will cut off and throw into the fire and I think the fire represents hell don't you the lake of fire so you know he will throw you in so don't think for one second he won't so if you still live in sin you still swear you still curse you still fornicate plenty of christians in relationships outside of marriage by the way that's fornication that's sin you're living in sin if you died you go to hell game over right you are not to have relationships outside of christ you are to have friendly relationships and if it's man and woman i suggest you only meet in public and not in private spaces to reduce the temptation you know and you get married if you're serious about the person get married right get married you can have as much sex as you want you can have as many babies as you want but you need to do it properly right you know, it's like marriage. This is a very deep topic, but Jesus made it very clear. He only gave two examples. And he says, in the beginning, it was not so. So in the beginning, man and woman got together forever. They never left each other. End of story, period, finished. And Jesus only gave two examples. You know, there's been many a story of people marrying, divorce, marrying, divorce. Well, these are not Christians. They're deceived. That's the end of it. Someone who's had multiple marriages in, in Christianity, you're not a Christian. You think you are, but you're going to be severely shocked on Judgment Day. And the bottom line is this, if you're someone who has divorced somebody, right, you have divorced somebody, right, and it wasn't because of death or adultery, you're living in sin. Because if you're living with somebody else and married to somebody else, you're living in sin. And I've, there's someone I was told about a few months ago about a man who was married to a woman and he left this woman because he got bored and married somebody else. I'd say to this person, you are living in sin, you will go to hell if you die. Simple as that, finished, game over. You can't just leave people. God does not like it. He sets the standards, remember? You don't like what I'm saying? Tough. Go read the Bible. The Bible will say the same things. If you want to kid yourself, you live in sin, you'll go to hell. You go to a place of eternal suffering forever. You never come out. It really does exist. Jesus warned about it. Go read the New Testament. Go read the, the epistles of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Listen to what Jesus warns about. Warns, 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 warns all the time to us Christians who are following him. Pray and seek the Lord. Pray and seek the Lord. Pray and read the word. This is what he says. Guys, I care about you all greatly. But what I want to make it very clear is women and men have separate roles. Men lead and take charge. Men preach and teach. Women can teach women in private. Women can teach children. Absolutely. The book of Titus talks about that. Titus 5 says that women are to be... I'll read it to you now. I'll read it to you now. Bear with me one second. 
So it says here, Titus 2, sorry, verses 3 to 5. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossip, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they are, may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, be kind, subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Now it talks about teaching. Yeah, women can teach. Women can teach women in private. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. Sorry, 1 Timothy 12. 1 Timothy 2 verse 12. And women can teach women in private. Let me just find that scripture for you. Bear me one second. Likewise, women are to dress in a suitable appeal. Now that's still that that's the same. Women can't walk with these skinny little shirts. Oh what, we're not under law, you're gonna say. Well you're not under law, no, but you gotta dress. You know, the woman, you know, is for the man, and the woman's body is for the man's eyes only. It's not for you to demonstrate your body to the whole world. You know, you gotta look at it in context, and God should put this on your heart anyway. So one Timothy one Timothy two verses nine to fifteen. Likewise, the women are to dress in a suitable apparel, with modesty and self-control. Their adornment must not be with the braided hair and gold of pearls or expensive clothing, but with good deeds, as is proper for the woman. Excuse me, as must. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over the man. She must remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman. Because she was fully deceived, fell into transgression. But she will be delivered through childbearing if she continues in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So guys, you know, when you look at 1 Timothy 2 verses 9 to 15, it's from actually 12, uh, verse 12 and on that I got that main part taught to you. And it's very serious, guys. You know, you women are to be loved. But what I say to you women is this. If you're a teacher and you're listening to this, or a woman and you're in authority, so tell me this. You tell me or you tell people how you back what you've been told by so-called the Holy Spirit, how you can minister and preach. Because you can't back up anything with Scripture. And the Scriptures that you do, do use, you take out of context. And it's actually not what Jesus or the Apostles, anyone's talking about. Because why would... God himself, Jesus, and all the apostles contradict what they're saying, right? If I was to meet a woman that was so-called an authority, I would have to have a chat with her. And you can see by me as a person or a woman that women don't have the authority. It's not in their flesh. They just don't have it. So how can a woman do that? So when people say to me, women can preach and teach and be an evangelist, no, they can't. Show me in scripture where it says that. Show me where a woman can be an evangelist. A woman can witness, yes, she can tell them about their, her experience, how she came to Christ, how she knows Christ, you know, who Christ is and what he's done for the world. Fantastic. Witness all you want. Remember what witness means in Greek. It means martyr. So you will be martyred. You will be enslaved. You could be beaten. You could be raped. You could be killed. This is what it means to be a Christian. Think about all your brothers and sisters right now in Iran and China that are being enslaved, being tortured daily for their faith. This is what persecution is. The women in Jesus' day, in Rome's day, were martyred, raped and beaten, thrown in prison, were thrown into the, uh, the circus, the arena, to be eaten by animals. Right? This is what it means to be a Christian. Don't deceive yourself. Judgment is coming to this nation. I want to read you something now from 1 Peter. Right? This is what I sent to my brother. 
1 Peter 4 verses 17. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Just think about that. Judgment is coming for this nation, the UK and America, for the wickedness that is, the government's corruption, the corruption of people on this earth, the wickedness that people are, the paedophilia, the paedophilia that's going on right now in the UK and in America, the paedophile rings, this wicked. This reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah, and Sodom and Gomorrah were utterly destroyed. We are going to be utterly destroyed. And for you Christians out there, you need to stay close to God and listen to what he is saying to you, because it's going to happen. Don't deceive yourself that it's not. It's going to happen. And I just pray that you all seek the Lord in all your heart. You seek the Lord in prayer. You seek the Lord in everything that you do. Because it's going to happen. Judgment is coming to this nation and America. All this praying for revival business. Revivals come after judgment. Judgment happens first. And nation, this nation is going to be judged. From the 1950s all the way through to now. This country, the UK, has fallen. We have lost our identity as a Christian nation. It's more Muslim than anything. All these people pouring in. And the Bible actually says, when you go against God and God's hand comes off, he will hand you over to these nations. These nations will pour in. And these people that are low, are basically lower than you because they believe in false idols and false gods will be higher than you because you're wicked. So if those Christians like myself that live in this country, God will look after you, right? But we must seek the Lord in prayer. We must read his word and understand that his judgment is coming upon the earth and it's going to come hard on this nation. This UK nation is not what it's going to be. You know, I was thinking about this in 2000, right? The year 2000, you know, everything changed. My country like died in 2000. So when it struck from 1999 to 2000, that was the end of my country the England it was all gone because the 80s and 90s were a good time all right I was born in 83 so as a young kid I wouldn't know much but I remember in the 90s the late 90s England was good it was a good place but it was still falling and falling and falling but now I don't recognize it anymore it's going to get worse and worse and worse all these immigrants flowing into my country all these rebellious immigrants from nations that are wicked muslim you know african people from africa you know i've always questioned why why is it the africans have been so unblessed and why have they been conquered by the world and it's like the native americans the reason why is because they worship false idols they worship false gods voodoo you know the occults right god will hand these nations over to be conquered this is a simple act. Look at the history. Not just Africa. I'm talking about the Far East. Why was Persia conquered? Why was Greeks conquered? So on and so forth. You know, why were the Native American Indians conquered by the French and the English? Because the French and English were Christian. And these American, these American Native Indians were wicked, worshipping gods and worshipping animals and worshipping spirits. They were conquered and annihilated because of the wickedness that they were. That's why. Look at it in context. It's got nothing to do with the color of your skin. It's to do with the character of your context of your character, right? And God is interested in the right worships to him. There is only one God, Ephesians 4, 5. One faith, one Lord, one God. That is it. There's not 10 gods. There's one God. And he's not the God of many faiths. He's a God of one faith. That's Christianity, right? Now, you might say, what about the Jews? They have a God. Yes, they do. But their God wants them to turn to Jesus because there's only one God, like I just said. And Jesus said this to the Jews at a time. If you do not believe I am the Messiah, this is in the book of Matthew, you don't believe I'm the Messiah, you all will die in your sins. So it doesn't matter if you're Jew, 
Doesn't matter if you're a Christian. Doesn't matter if you're Muslim. Doesn't matter if anything. If you don't repent of your sins and acknowledge Jesus, Lord and Savior, and become a Christian, you will go to hell. Finished. Game over. Simple as that. He sets the standards. You do as you're told. And I pray for you women out there, the women and the men, that men do your roles, women do your roles. Please do what Jesus asked you to do. He expects us to do it. And if we do it well and we follow him, we will be rewarded in heaven and we will be blessed greatly. But if we don't, we can lose all our rewards and even our salvation. So, Lord, I've touched on many things today, Father. Pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that the women and men that listen to this message, that they take it into their hearts, that they understand that I speak the truth from you, Father. Lord, you speak through me. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that people turn to you and understand that, Lord, you have conditions that must be met. The Lord, you have roles for men and women that we must abide in. Men must do certain roles and women must do theirs. This is how it is from Genesis 2 all the way through to Revelation. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, but people listen to you and they don't listen to Satan. They listen to the Spirit of God that leads them down this narrow path that leads unto life and few that will ever find it. I pray in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. God bless you all. See ya. Bye.